Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Just because we experience the resurrection doesn't mean that's the end of John because Jesus continued to appear to the disciples. And this morning we're going to come to a passage that that we've probably heard before. I've got to be honest with you, this is one of those passages that I always hear a song when I, when I read it. Anybody remember the song by the contours? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yeah. Uh, welcome to John chapter 21. Now you want me to read the Bible after you do that? Yeah, Kenny. It, it'll, it'll stick in your mind now, Kenny. Uh, beginning with verse... Uh, 15, John chapter 21. I'm sorry. Beginning with verse 15, yes. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. You've just heard this week's focus scripture. Now on to the sermon, starting momentarily. You may be seated. So, uh, this morning we, we come to a passage that many of you, I'm sure, have heard. Uh, a passage that people have spent a lot of time tearing apart and getting bits and pieces and, and trying to draw the, the little nuances out. Uh, you may have noticed that as I read the Scripture, I read from the NIV 1984 version. You, if you were reading from the overhead, were reading from the 2011 NIV version, and there were some differences. Did anybody notice any differences? Um, yeah, and, and so... Uh, there, there are nuances in this passage of Scripture. And my fear is that we spend so much time talking about the nuances because they're fun. I, I enjoy the Greek text, and I, I was uh, excited this, this week. Uh, I find that the further I get from seminary, the harder it is for me to read the Greek text. But I did pull out the Greek text this week, and I was able to look at it and and pretty much read it. Now, it's easy when you know the passage. 
Uh, it's easier because you're looking. But I, I saw those nuances and I thought, oh, we could spend hours talking about the, the nuances. I mean, when, when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? I, he uses the word uh, agapao, which is um, agape. You may have heard of agape. It's this self-giving love, that uh, the love of God for, for humanity that was displayed in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Just uh, an incredible self-giving love. Um, and Peter's response is interesting because he uses the word phileo, um, which means kind of a brotherly love. You know the word we get, uh, Philadelphia, phileo, death, delphos, um, is uh, the city of brotherly love, right? Uh, well, that's what it's supposed to, that's what the name means. Uh, phileo is brotherly love. It's that kind of love. You know, I, I love my brother, I love my sister, I love my, my brothers and sisters in Christ uh, with a phileo love. And there are other forms of love, and we could talk about that. So Jesus is confronting Peter on one level, and Peter's responding on another. We, we could spend hours on that. I'd love to, but we need to talk about what this is really all about because we have seven minutes And I, I really want you to hear um, what this is really all about. You see, we, we live in a world that is always looking for the ultimate experience. Um, and and I, I don't care what that experience is. Uh, some of you may be uh, rooting for a team and you want your team to win the Stanley Cup. That's the Stanley Cup, by the way. It's a little out of shape, but the Stanley Cup. Um, or, or maybe you, you want your team to win that Super Bowl ring, um, or, or maybe uh, your horse to win the Triple Crown, uh, or you can go on and on. Uh, we're always looking for that ultimate experience, that experience. You know, I remember when I was younger, everybody was trying to find themselves. Um, I don't know why we all thought we were lost. We were. We didn't understand that. We thought if we could find that ultimate experience, then, then everything would be okay. Then, then our lives would have purpose and meaning, and it'd be great. And the sad part is that when you win the Super Bowl or when you win the Stanley Cup or when you win the World Series or when you win the Triple Crown, the next question is, now what? One year, uh, the Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup, and and the, the team is celebrating, and, you know, they're passing the cup around on the ice. And I said to my wife, I said, boy, this is the saddest day. And she looked at me kind of funny. What do you mean this is the saddest day? Your team just won the Stanley Cup. I said, yeah, but hockey's over for another three months. Um, what's next? What's next? The, the, uh, the disciples have experienced Jesus' resurrection. They went through the crucifixion, and then they went to the tomb, and the tomb was empty, and then they experienced Jesus. There He is. There He is. There He is. And somehow we get caught up in this, boy, that must have been the best experience in the world. I'm sure it was incredible to see Jesus, to actually see Him in the flesh. He was dead, and now He's alive. And they were all excited. But you and I both know that those spiritual highs don't last forever, do they? And some people run looking from one spiritual high to another, to another, to another. Some people run from religion to religion to religion looking for that spiritual high. Well, if I could just feel close to God, 
I, I know uh, many years ago I went to a, a seminar called Hands Across the Altar, um, and it was put on by the National Association of the Mentally Ill. And um, it was interesting because we sat with a group of people who had mental illness. And, um, and of course, you know, they're just people like us, I mean, with, with an illness. And, and uh, the, the one lady, I'll never forget, she, she was uh, bipolar. And she said to me, she said, you know, I miss being manic. I'm like, why would you miss being manic? I mean, your life is going a thousand miles an hour and da da da. And she said, because when I was manic, I felt so close to God. And she said, I, I don't get that, that same feeling anymore. I wonder if the disciples felt the same thing when Jesus was gone and now, now it's just them. I wonder if sometimes we feel the same way when, when we've experienced Christ do incredible things, a healing or, or a transformation in our lives or answers to prayer, and, and we, we get really excited. Man, God is on our side. And then reality of life hits. And sometimes we begin to put up our hands and say, now what? Now what? I can't imagine what it was like to experience the resurrected Christ face-to-face uh, in the flesh. Now, I have experienced Christ in some powerful ways, and I look forward to those times, don't you? I mean, those times when you're just like, oh, man, Jesus is working all over the place, and I just see him everywhere. And, you know, but I realize that there are times in my life uh, when those spiritual highs are, are not as available the question is, now what? Now what? What are we going to do? Now that the spiritual high is over, now that Easter's over, you, you went to that great Easter service, you had that great Easter breakfast, uh, and then you, you went to the second service because you just couldn't get enough, and, and you sang praises to God in the praise time, and, and then you, you went home and you had meal and everything was great, and then you went back to work Monday morning or school Tuesday or maybe Monday, depending on your school. And now you're back at it and it's the same old, same old. The question is, now what does Jesus want us to do? Now that we've experienced that high, now where do we go? The disciples are experiencing Jesus, running into Him everywhere, but it's going to end. Jesus is going to go back to the Father. And the question is, what are they going to do next? And the answer is given uh, by by Jesus to, to Peter. And yeah, Peter had gotten caught up in his past. And Jesus is going to move him beyond his past. And if you really want to get beyond the spiritual high and follow Jesus, you've got to get past your past. Now it's clear that these three questions are an exact mirror of the three denials of Peter. You can't get beyond that, right? Obviously, Jesus is confronting Peter with his denial. Peter had blown it. He, he, he was a mess. I mean, here he is. He has an opportunity to stand for Jesus, and instead he denies him. And Jesus just doesn't stop there. He pushes Peter a little more. Did you notice the first question? Peter, do you love me more than these? He adds that on. I, that's, that's not just words. That's because when Peter was with the disciples, you may remember, when he was with the disciples that last night, 
And Jesus said that he was going to be struck down and that the sheep were going to be scattered. And Peter, you remember what Peter said? Peter compared himself to everybody else. He said, listen, he says, though... Um, forget the pictures. Uh, this is the podcast, just so you know. The pictures aren't working. We're going to forget that. We're going to finish this real quickly. P- P- Peter said, Lord, if everyone else falls away, I will still follow you. You remember that? I, and, and Peter remembered that. Peter had been so bold. He was so convinced that he was going to be faithful to Jesus. And then he gets to that courtyard and he finds himself denying Jesus. Jesus stops him here on this day and he said, Peter, do you love me? More than these. You see, Peter, you compared yourself to everybody else. You were going to be the strong one. You were going to be the faithful one. But you're just like everybody else, Peter. I don't want you to be the strong one. I want you to be the one who loves. Do you love me, Peter? That's first and foremost. If you love me, everything else falls into place. Do you love me? Peter hedges a little. Yes, Lord, I, I love you. You know I love you. And Jesus says, then if you really love me, this is what you're going to do. You're going to feed my lambs. Now what's interesting about lambs is uh, lambs are the hardest ones to take care of. They require the most work. They're also the most vulnerable. They're the, also the cutest, right? Everybody loves the lambs. Oh, look, at they're so cute. Yeah, but they're also the ones that are the most work. If you want to get over your past, if you really want to get over your past and and let it go, remember, first of all, that Jesus loves you unconditionally. That your past to Him is not as important as your future. And if you would accept His forgiveness for the past, in His mind, the past is over. It's done. Forgiven. Washed away. You need not carry that burden anymore. And if you really want to experience the fullness of getting rid of that past, then put yourself in His love and love everybody else. Because as you begin to love everybody else, those things in the past begin to just disappear. It's amazing. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying love everybody else so that your past disappears. I'm saying love Jesus, and when you love Jesus, you'll begin to work for Him, caring for others, and that past will disappear. Actually, it's even better than that. What Jesus does is He redeems the past. Have you ever heard the word redemption? It's it's an awesome word. Because what it means is that Jesus takes all that crud in your life, in the past, and He begins to use it in the future in a positive way for His kingdom. He redeems it. And it's an incredible experience when you, ex- when you realize that all that crud you went through and you thought, man, I'm never going to survive, and oh, I really blew it there, and how could Jesus love me? When you experience his fullness, the fullness of His love and begin to take that love and share it with others, all of a sudden you're going to find people that have been through the same mud you're in, you've been in. And you're going to say, yeah, I remember that mud. 
Let me tell you what Jesus did to pull me out of that. I remember that trial. Let, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. And let me pray for you. Let me encourage you. Let me walk with you, because I've walked there. And I know that Jesus can pull you through. He pulled me through because He loves me. And then all that stuff, uh, I, when, when I went to seminary, I, we don't have time for this story, but I want to share it with you anyway. Um, when I got called to the ministry, I, I ran the other way. I, you've heard this story before. I ran the other way, and I, I went to uh, Michigan Technological University, and uh, while I was there, I joined ROTC, and I, I was doing everything I could to avoid God's call in my life. Uh, I knew exactly what He wanted me to do, but I, was, I had better plans. I had a better idea, God. Just, just work with me here. You'll see. And uh, a horrible time in my life in many ways. Uh, I, I was fighting God, and, and, and you know, you can't win. Uh, and I discovered that over time. But in the midst of that, I, I learned some, some very valuable things for ministry. Uh, I, I went into ROTC. I learned some leadership skills that I didn't have, uh, that, that they taught me in ROTC. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, I, I didn't end up in the military as a result of that because uh, that's not where God wanted me, but he used that experience. I, I, I went to, to Michigan Technological University, a pagan school. You ready for that? That's the way I look at it, a pagan school. There were very few Christians there, and, and as a follower of Jesus Christ, we were taught to love one another, and I was trying to love people that, that didn't want to love one another, because if you got a better grade than someone else, or if someone else got a better grade than you, you were out of the school. So, so we spent a lot of time, there was a lot of uh, conflict between the students, and the Christian students began to flock together and, and love one another, encourage one another, and we invited everybody to come with us, and they didn't want any part of us, and I began to realize that that's exactly what happens in the church. And Jesus has called us to this pagan world to love them, to show them the difference that he brings. And I learned that running from God. Isn't that neat? I mean, not that that was the best plan. God would have taught me those things in a different way, maybe a better way, but he taught me those things, and I can use those things in my life today. You see, Peter, that past is over. It's forgiven. And God has set it aside, but he's going to use it. Peter runs into people all the time through the New Testament that are facing the same struggles he faced. And he's able to share with them the hope of following Jesus. Jesus comes to him again and says, Peter, do you love me? And the, the NIV says, truly love me there again. Because the word is a deeper love. And the second thing I want to say is, if you want to do what God would have you do, to take the next step, not looking for a spiritual high, but trying to figure out what life is really all about, then, then you can love so that the past is gone, but you can also love so that you're honest with who you are. Peter, do you truly love me? You know, Peter would say that he loved Jesus, had always said that he loved Jesus, but talk is cheap. The question is, Peter, will you live that life of love? Will you live loving me every day, every step of the way? 
And Peter's like, yes, Lord, I want to love you. Listen to the words. I want to love you. Then Jesus says, do this. Take care of my sheep. Tend my sheep. Tending is a different thing than just feeding. Tending is making sure the sheep are okay. Tending is working with the sheep and making sure that they're shorn at the right time. Making sure that they're uh, healthy. Making sure that they're taken care of. If you love me, Peter, if you really love me, then don't just say the words. Take care of people. Now, I I just want to ask you a minute because last week this sanctuary was full. I want to ask you who's not sitting near you today? Who's missing? Did you notice? Or didn't you pay any attention? If you truly love Jesus, then then the, the book of 1 John tells us if we really love Jesus, then we will love one another. And if we love one another, we care for one another. I see a number of people missing this morning. Why are they not here? Do you know? And if not, are you going to call them when you get home? Say, hey, I missed you in worship today. Are you okay? Do you need, is there anything we can do for you? And they say to you, yeah, well, you know, my car broke down this morning, so I couldn't make it to worship. You say, oh, that's too bad. Hope you get it fixed by next week. Is that tending the sheep? I, I, I love it. Can you imagine? So, so there's the sheep, and it's broke its leg. You say, oh, that's too bad. I hope next week your leg is better, and you can go with us to go get something to eat. You see, Jesus calls us to tend his flock, to be involved with each other's lives, not just to come to church on Sunday morning and say, oh, how are you? I'm fine. And everybody puts their smile on. I'm fine. And they go home. And then next week you say, "Uh, well, they're not here. Oh, well, they're probably lazy, stayed in bed. When are we going to really love each other? Let me tell you when you'll really begin to love other people. When you love Jesus, stick with me. When you love Jesus. Say, I love Jesus. It's these other people that I don't care so much for. I get it. But when you truly love Jesus, then you begin to love other people because you know what it's like. You see, you weren't so lovely yourself. And Jesus loved you. And still loves you unconditionally. He says, Peter, a third time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's hurt. And just so you know, I I continue to hear music. Love hurts. (laughs) Sorry, that's just the way my mind works. Uh, Isn't it true, though, that love does hurt? I, I know sometimes people refuse to love because they're afraid of getting hurt. But I'll tell you what. Love is what life is really all about. Peter, do you love me? Peter is hurt. Jesus, you know, and by the way, this time when Jesus says, do you love me, he uses the word phileo. Jesus has caved in, shall we say. (laughs) Jesus recognizes that Peter's not going to go there. Peter says, yes, Lord, you you know I love you. You know all things. See, Peter knows who Jesus is. He knows that Jesus knows his heart. And he wants to love Jesus. He really wants to love Jesus. Jesus says, well, if you love me, 
than feed my sheep. Now I want to talk about feeding sheep a minute because feeding sheep means that you take them out into the pasture. You lead them into the pasture where they can actually eat. You don't just hand them food. You don't just hand them food. You lead them somewhere so they can eat. When you start leading people, things begin to change. You see, our purpose in life is not just to be followers, but to be leaders. Jesus calls us to lead other people to His love, to His grace, to His forgiveness. If you really want to experience what life is all about, allow the love of Jesus in your life to begin to lead others to His love. In other words, take them somewhere where they can eat of the love of Christ, where they can experience the love of Christ. You need to be a leader, Peter. And when you lead people, recognize that sometimes when you lead people, you lead them to places they don't want to go, but places where they need to be. And then Jesus says to Peter, follow me. And I want to challenge you this morning, because if you're really going to love, if you're really going to love, then you have to be willing to go where Jesus leads you. Isn't it true if you love someone and you're going to follow them, you're going to follow them places you may not like to go? One of the things, I've been watching uh, House Hunters during lunch. That's a, a show on TV. And, and there, there's usually a couple that are looking at houses. And uh, this last week, uh, this, this couple are looking at, at these houses. And they, they usually have three houses. And, and it's clear that the woman in the couple loves this one house. I mean, this is the house she wants. Now, the guy wants a different house. And so they interview them separately uh, through, through the show. And at one point, she says, well, we know which one we want. The one we want is the one I want. And I laughed. And sure enough, guess which one they picked? The one she wants. And you know why. Because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. No. No, that's not the way it should be said. It should be said, because he loves her, He's willing to get that house because He wants her to be happy. If we really love Jesus, then we're willing to go where Jesus leads us. It may not be where we want to go, but we're willing to go. Why? Because we know that if we can serve Him, if we can share His love, if we can experience His love and share it with others, then we will experience the purpose of life. And then we don't have to run from spiritual high to spiritual high. We can simply serve Him day in and day out. Our lives now become what the Scripture said was going to happen for Peter. His life was going to glorify God. Even his death would bring glory to God. And he would do that by serving others. Jesus asks us today, do you love me? That's his question for you and for me. Do you love me? And my guess is 95% of us here this morning would say, yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus would say, here are my sheep. Take care of them. Love them. Let's pray together. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for our love for us, your love for us. Incredibly displayed as we celebrated last week through your death and resurrection. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, for always seeking that spiritual high. Instead of trusting you to work in and through us to change our world. Lord Jesus, uh, change our hearts. Make us a people who love. People who love you. Who love you so much that we can't help but love each other. Lord Jesus, may this day be a day filled with your love. We pray these things in your name. Amen.